Well, hey everyone, this is Athena and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll answer publishing questions from our listeners. So hey, Let's get started. Well, thanks for joining us for the All Things Podcast today. We are doing something a little different because this week is the actual launch week for She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. And uh, it includes 27 very courageous women who tell their difficult stories, but how God has been a Romans 828 God through it all. And I'd like to introduce you first to Tamara Andrus. She's with us today, and her story is found in the category on shame. And the name of her story in the book is shushed into shame. So Tamara, welcome to the podcast today. We are just delighted to have you on. Thank you. I'm so honored to be able to come alongside the incredible people that you've had here and yourself included in that. Um, What you're stewarding is so insanely beautiful and so insanely needed. And I love that we couldn't have timed this book in our own accord. Like this has been all on in his hands and it's been incredible to be alongside these women as they um, have emboldened me even beyond sharing this small portion of my story, because I think that's the wildest part about it. Like you guys are just getting the tiniest glimpse into the fullness of who we are. And uh, I'm, I am thankful that God is continuing to show up in this time. Uh, I had a really hard time, actually, even when I got hold of this as a PDF version, because I had already walked through releasing the shame that had come alongside this story, uh, uncovering this portion of myself that had been so suppressed because of the shame for so long. I was utilizing all of the things to um, medicate, Hmm. self-medicate, even things that, you know, people don't really put any negative connotation to, uh, such as shopping, such as how we appear on the outside, our physical well-beings, uh, physical fitness was one of those things. And um, coming into the truth of who I am and my identity in the Lord was something that took me completely off guard and out of, out of the blue. I had no idea that he was even going to come. And when it did, um, I had to rediscover my entire life. And to do that in what I like to call my quarter life crisis. And I hope to never have a midlife crisis or walk through that again. And I know that I won't because now I understand who I am in God and who uh, I'm his daughter ultimately. And I have an heir to um, his royal kingdom. 
and so so do all the women who are listening so do all the men included uh and so the the suppression of all of that pain i mean you don't even understand it until you can walk through it and walk out of it and god gave me incredible courage through that time even though i did have to say no and shut out a lot of things that i thought i loved i truly didn't even know what love was until i understood his love for me so let me ask you this because you were unaware of uh the source of this shame for many years in your life what tipped you off what was going on in your life that made you go wait a second is there something else here at play yeah, well, one of those things that I told you from a suppression standpoint, um, I am achievement driven. I'm an Enneagram three and everything I did was always under this air of perfectionism. And I didn't know how exhausting it was until I realized I didn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect. And um, so I was in I was a CEO of two different companies. I had my own boutique. I was nat uh, nationally, actually globally launching a uh, maternity bra at the time and I had been married for a few years together for almost seven at that point and also a mom of a one and a two-year-old so life was at a supersonic speed I mean I was working round the clock and in order to continue the suppression and also achieve simultaneously I was turning to all the wrong places all the things that you hear about and read about in my story that I had done as a teenager, um, I was starting to, to use them as coping mechanisms again. Mm -hmm. And I had dealt with um, alcoholism, uh, not personally, but as a child, um, growing up from family members, immediate family members. Um, and I was starting to lean prey to that. And I came home one day, and this was, this was the one point pulled into the driveway and my husband at this point was also an entrepreneur of um, many years at that point. So we're both running two companies and he was now becoming more of a stay at home dad while also running a company while I could maintain these two things. And I, I pull in and I see my barely waddling one year old and I was, I'm a mama at heart. We all are. Right. And I wanted to just embrace her at that moment. I wanted her to come running to me as she always did. And this specific day she saw me and she turned around the other way and went back to daddy. Mm. And most people, that's not a big deal. Like I, I am a mom my son is a mama's boy. My dad, he walks through the door all the time and he still comes running to me, but it was just a moment that I realized I have to make a choice. And it had nothing to do with my husband. I wasn't even sure like what state we were in at that point. He didn't even know that I didn't know what state we were in at that point. There was so much happening inside that I had to release it all. And uh, yeah, that was like the, the triggering moment. But there were so many things that fell apart <laughs> after that, um, that moment. Well, and that was God bringing the Holy Spirit, bringing it to your attention, using that one little thing that normally might you, you might not even notice but god used right. it as a magnifying glass right and what's wild is i would never hope for anyone who is walking through their identity uh understanding and an unpacking of who they are to have to do that alongside your spouse 
uh, let alone when you have two babies, because there's so much happening in your life during that and so many stress points and um, also so many joys. And yet this was a time that I was constantly in tears. And I know that God intended for this to happen at the time that it did for such a time as this using all things, right? This is the point of this entire podcast. He used my beautiful babies and my handsome, incredible, very patient husband to coax me into the understanding of who I was. I mean, I had my two-year-old wiping tears from my eyes at night and saying, mommy, you're beautiful. And he had no idea and, and what I was walking through. And yet he kept me so grounded in that time frame. Wow. So this whole shame thing that is so, I mean, that is just exactly how the enemy tries to keep us quiet. Just tell us, unpack that a little bit for us and how you finally kind of broke free of that. Yeah. And so I know a lot of women, uh, especially in the entrepreneurial space, since I'm a business coach who have that same desire to like achieve and that same um, root need to feel like they have to be perfect. And that's something that is so um unnecessary and so freeing when you're allowed to just understand that by the grace of God, all of the things that he's already given you and promised you are not by your works, but by his incredible love. And shame for me came in so many different hidden masks. Um, I never felt like I could fully even look in the mirror at myself. I could never be completely honest or completely transparent in any relationship, even my own marriage. Uh, I never understood, like I said, the fullness of what love even meant because I was hiding behind what I thought was the, the thing that would keep me unlovable. Wow. And so to unopen this Pandora's box in a therapy chair alongside my husband, even during that time, there was a month, an entire month that I couldn't even brush my teeth in the mirror because of the weight and the burden of feeling unworthy and unloved and so far from beautiful. And so the things that I always chased were shiny objects because they were pretty, because it made me feel like if I had these things, then I would be loved. And I wasn't fully in my faith. And while I went to Christian camps and youth groups and things like that, I did not know the depth of my understanding of who God was and who he saw me as until I, I was able to pass this huge burden off at his feet. Wow. And like I said before, it, it was not a pretty process. It was not easy. Um, we were talking to a couple of the other authors yesterday and they were talking about how grotesque revealing the mask and taking the mask off can be. And, you know, that my face had never even seen the light of day. My eyes had never even understood what God had already blessed me with. Mm. And I had so many desires into coming into this fullness of who he said that I was and who he promises he is to us to the point where I was like, I wanted to do everything in my life over again. I wanted all things new. I wanted to get remarried. I wanted to, I still want to have another baby. I wanted to, you know, reestablish old relationships. I wanted to reestablish current relationships. I wanted to break free from any title that I had and just 
walk in the fullness of, I don't have to be any of those things. I don't have to achieve any of those things. I have no need for perfectionism. This is me raw, real, snotty nosed and, and filled with tears, but this is who I am. And uh, I don't have to be the things that I thought other people might see me as, as the only thing they'd see me as. Well, and it's so, it's so powerful to you, for you to be authentic and be raw and say, you know, this is where I'm at right now. And this is my struggle. And God is still, he's still working with me on this, this, and this. He's done this so far. So I know I can trust him, but to be able to, you know, just be real about we all have i mean it's like the enemy ain't got nothing new he's not creative he uses the same lies on all of us and just you know tweaks them a little bit to make them fit our specific situation and that's why he doesn't want us to talk about it because then we'll compare notes and we'll figure out what he's doing so true i love that i love that analogy i also think that like people need to understand that shame is something that we can pick up and it's also something that can be placed on. Mm. And so whether you are the perpetrator or you are the victim, yep. shame happens. It happens to all of us. Yep. And so we all have a process of, of letting that go. And um, anything that you release is harder than, in, than the receiving. But God makes it so easy in the fact that he is constantly showing up if we are present. And that was my biggest problem. I never was present. I was always living 20 feet ahead, 20 years ahead, because I could not look back. Right, right. And you know, we're so good <clears throat> at self-medicating with things that other people respect, like success. And you know, when we're good at what we do, that is so easy to self-medicate with and nobody thinks there's, any, thinks there's anything wrong with it. It's like, it's so that's true. bad. It's so true. And I even like with this book and this is something I've been kind of mentally processing. So I'd love to hear your perspective is like um, everyone's saying like, I'm so proud of you that I like am helping and being a part of the release of this, of this book. And I'm like, that's not, I can't receive that. Like, I, I don't even understand what those words mean. One, because you haven't read it yet. So I don't know if you're going to say that after you read it. And two, it, that's not the point. Right. Like we ultimately are seriously, deeply shedding light on love and yep. God and all of those good things that he's done in our lives. Because nobody in their right mind really wants to share these stories. Yeah. Uh, but there's a freedom that I want the listener here to know. And there's a freedom that I want the stranger to know. And the person who feels like they don't have anybody that they can relate to, there is a relation in all of this. And ultimately your creator is your ultimate relator. Absolutely. And you know, I have felt that a good sense of pride for a lot of the authors for telling their stories, mostly because I know how much courage it takes to be able to bleed onto the page and stand outside with your underwear on or feel like that's what you're doing yes. and can't get back in the house. Totally. I, totally, I totally get that. And that takes a real 
you know, willingness to just obey God, even if it hurts. And mm. so, you know, I, I kind of use that term and I always have to say, I'm proud of you in a good way. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it is one of those things that, you know, most people wouldn't be that brave. And a lot of times when, you know, when you get people who really uh, have a challenge with what you're talking about, oftentimes it's, they don't want to have to go there and you're reminding them that they need to. And yeah. we just need to understand that is a blessing from God. It refines us. It helps us to just be more authentic and be more willing to lay our lives down for others. And that's yeah. what, that's what you're doing. And I'm proud of you for doing it, <laughs> but for the right reasons. Thank you. Thank you for the right reasons. That's and so good. Then, okay. So we got to wrap up. If we have some ladies that have heard a little bit about your story, they want to connect with you online. Where's the best place for them to do that? Please. I am super present on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at Tamara, T-A-M-R-A. I got the boring version. Dot Andress and Tamara Lee Andress on Facebook or just TamaraAndress.com. But I look forward to connecting with these women and allowing them to share their stories, reciprocate their stories, but also know that theirs is uniquely them. And uh, that's the importance of why we should share uh, because Amen. every story is different. And you are loved and worthy just as you are. Amen. All right. The next author I want to introduce you to from the She Writes for Him compilation, Stories of Resilient Faith, is Lindy Metz. Her story shows up in the depression and anxiety segment of the book. And the title of her chapter is White Knuckled Driver. So Lindy, welcome to the All Things Podcast today. It's a delight to have you with us. Thank you. So good to join you. Yeah. So just give us a little context as to, you know, just how this whole issue of the depression and anxiety came up. It was mostly anxiety, if I remember right. I've read it a couple times. Yep. But tell tell us how that unfolded and how God worked all things together for good. Yeah. So um, anxiety was something that I didn't really recognize as a battle that I was dealing with until I had children. And in my chapter, I talk about that a bit, that I had had bouts of anxiety kind of my whole life um, through, but I really just chalked it up to being human and, um, tried to handle all that on my own. Uh, it wasn't until I had children that I realized that it was more significant than I had given the enemy credit for because I really felt the enemy attacking me through anxious thoughts and worries um, and verses that I had grown up on um, about worry and fear all of a sudden took new meaning in my life because I was able to apply them in a way um, that I hadn't been able to before. And so in Romans 8, 28, where it talks about God working all things together for our good, um, in this particular chapter in the book and also in my life, I learned new things about God's care for me and how he had um, just provided uh, the comfort and grace that I needed at that time to walk through it. 
And then at the same time, anxiety is something that now that I know that it, it's an attack of the enemy, it still comes up every now and then, but I'm able to use the word of God to defeat it um, and put it in its place. And so that's kind of where um, this story in the book comes from. So tell me some of the scriptures that I have my own when I, you know, feel that fear coming on and those anxious thoughts. Tell me some of the ones that you have to declare, not only to yourself, but to the enemy when, when he comes at you like that. So Philippians 4, 8, and 9, casting all of the fears and anxieties on, um, on Jesus just to give them over is something that I constantly am speaking out loud whenever, um, and, and typically it has to do in my case with like anything medical. So right now is like at this time in the world, all the medical concern that's going on, just voicing um, and naming that that is an attempt from the enemy to get me to fear and to get me off track in my walk with Jesus. But when I voice that and say, like, fear has no power here, um, death has no power here, um, and then just claim that Jesus is over all of it, it it comforts me immediately. But it's something I constantly have to go back to, um, to cast all my anxiety and fear and leave them. And I put in the chapter, leave them at the cross, because so many times I will confess fear or confess sin or confess wrong, wrongdoing, but still pick it up and carry it with me. And um, anxiety is something that I really feel like if I pick it up and carry it with me, no one will recognize that but me, but it, it negatively impacts a lot of other areas of my life. So I really have to lay it down. I have to lay that burden down. Another one that I, um, that I frequently renew my mind with is that Christ's burden is light, like for all the weary to come to him, to leave all your burdens, um, because his, his yoke is easy and his way is light. And that's something that is refreshing to me in those times too. That's so good. I know there's times where I just have to say, you know, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So if God didn't give that to me, who did? (laughs) So really proclaiming that. Yeah. Wow. So what I hear in this is that anxiety um, is a way that the enemy tries to come at us to get us not to trust God and to believe that God doesn't know anything about what's going on. And he doesn't, he's not like, he's not sovereign. Right. And that nothing could be further from the truth. We can trust him. No matter what happens, we can trust him. And so getting our minds kind of re-centered on that is just so important. Yeah. And I, I frequently sing, um, he's got the whole world in his hands to my children, just to remind them and me that like, no matter what is going on right now, like God has a purpose for all of it, even though he might not cause it, he will use it all for good. Exactly. Exactly. And he doesn't, I mean, he's not the author of chaos and confusion and pain, but we live in a fallen world and it happens. And so he's right there with us and he will walk us through it and give us that healing that we need. And that seems to be the way we grow. I mean, when we have those struggles, 
as he refines us, mm-hmm. that's how we, that's how we learn to trust him more, but that's also how we gain some depth and maturity. Yes. It's not always easy to be pruned, but it's always worth it. Yeah, totally. So tell us what kind of um, reaction you've been getting so far mm-hmm. with uh, just your story being out there like this. I, I mean, I know we've already done a book for you, but it, yeah. you know, to focus this with alongside 25, 26 other women who are telling difficult stories, but God's redemption in the midst of it. Tell us what kind of reaction you've been getting. So I've written other books and other blogs and and other content, but really this is the first time that I've spoken about anxiety. Um, And so I feel like it um, is reaching a whole new audience for me because um, so many people have dealt with it and battled it silently. Um, And then when I speak up and talk about how it's, shown up in my own life. Um, that's a new bridge for a relationship with someone that I might not have had common ground with before. So the people, um, so I had a, a launch team of my own and the people that have this book and the story so far are being so encouraged right now during this time mm. with not just my story, but all the stories. And it's just great to hear. I just received a text this morning from one of the ladies that was just like, thank you so much. I needed, like, I can't get out and see anyone, but hearing stories of hope is what I need right now. Wow. Well, what a, I mean, what a perfect time in history for this book to actually be launched. I mean, we we were all upset because it was taking so long and we had to move it from April to May. And talk about, yep. Wow. So any, any other thoughts that you'd like to share around the issue of anxiety and just how we can better, especially in this time of COVID-19, how we can better navigate that tidal wave of anxiety that is all around us with mm-hmm. certainly with so many other people, but how can we guard against that? Yeah, I think that right now there are incredible resources that are being put together to offer as mental health solutions because everyone is going through it at the same time. So whereas other conditions or other um, stresses or sin that has crept up, like that might have always been talked about. I think right now, because there's so much isolation, Mm. uh, mental wellness is really um, a focus of health moving forward. And so, yes, there are scriptures and you should definitely write some down that speak to you and and speak those over the times when you're with no one. But something that's been incredibly powerful in my life is getting a group of people that are like-minded and Christians that can be there as my support group when I'm having struggles, that just speaking the verse out loud doesn't defeat it. Just texting people to ask for prayer requests that get it is super important for me. And so whether it's family or friends or church members or whatever, just finding a group that you know cares about you to be able to share your struggles and have them pray with you is really important. Absolutely. That is because if the enemy can do anything, he wants us to isolate. He doesn't want us to get you know, on Zoom calls or on any sort of, he doesn't want, that's why he, you know, technology is always like 
going south because he he's trying to hinder that and that is because and so that tells you something that's important if we're not supposed to forsake the assembly of the brothers and sisters well we may not be able to go there but we can still connect and get together and share prayer requests and pray for each other and do all the things that if we're just letting those thoughts roll around in our mind and not ever saying them out loud, they can go so weird and we don't even recognize it until we finally say it. And then we go, I can't believe I was thinking that. Yes. So and something that I, that I share with a lot of people is no matter if it's anxiety, fear, or anything, if you don't bring it into the light, yep. there won't be light shown on it. If you keep it in the dark, you're going to have a really tough time overcoming that by yourself. You have to bring it to the light of Jesus and the light of those that know him to expose it and heal. So that's absolutely. And that scripture does say, you know, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Yes. So it's kind of like we got to do that first part in order for that cleansing to really come. And that's just, it's powerful that that is the key, I think, to staying sane during this time of just such uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So if we have some ladies listening today and they want to find you online, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah. So I have a website, Lindy Metz at or lindymets.com is my website, but if you're on Instagram or Facebook, I'm lindy.l.mets. So you can find me in all those places. Wonderful. Well, and we'll post that also in our show notes. So thank you so much for being with us today. It's just been a delight to have you on the, the uh, podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. Well, I would like to introduce my next guest, Nikki Godsell. And she is another one of the authors in the She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. And uh, Nikki, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Yes. Well, it is just an honor to have you on and to talk about your hard story because every, every woman in this book, She Writes for Him, has a tough story and has a lot of courage to you know, be able to see and want to share those hard things along with the redemption that God has worked. So yes. we, we would just love to hear the Romans 8.28 story within this chapter, Hidden Beneath the Surface, which is part of the whole segment in the book on the topic of shame. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you for the opportunity to come on and just Give a little bit of the behind the scenes of this chapter for me that's um it's such an honor and a privilege um i think for me the whole premise of writing this chapter was based on wanting to connect the reader with their own story so i didn't want them to hear my story as much as i wanted them to connect with the shame or the rejection they felt in their own story and then find the the solution to it which is jesus um I know that other portions of this book were hitting on some really, really traumatic situations. And mine, mine was a smaller wound. Mine wasn't necessarily something that you would see um, 
someone write about. Mine was something that happened over 20 years ago, and it, it was seemingly insignificant until I heard the Lord speak out in the midst of therapy, in the midst of prayer with my pastor, that this was really something that I needed healing from. And as I was praying, he reminded me when I asked him, Lord, it, like it says in Psalm 139, search me, O Lord, and if there is anything not of you, I want you to reveal it. And when I said that out loud, I literally saw in my head this vision of me back in seventh grade, boarding the bus to go um, in this away game for, for a cheerleading uh, event that I had, just just had moved into Pennsylvania a couple months ago, trying to integrate myself into something to make some friends. And I had worked so hard the night before on all of these cheers and I wanted to get it right. And the minute I stepped on the bus, the coach met me in the middle of the aisle and she pointed her finger at me and said, what is that you're wearing? And I looked down and all I could hear was the hushed laughter around me of all of my new squad mates that I so desperately wanted to feel accepted by laughing at me. Mm -hmm. And I was wearing the wrong uniform. I wasn't wearing my away uniform. I was wearing my home, home game uniform. And she said, well, I guess you're going to have to sit this out until you, can get, until you can get this right. And it just hurt me so bad. But instead of crying in the midst of all of that, I ended up running off of the bus and telling her I didn't want to be on the squad anyways, which was a complete lie. So that really started me on the ball of pretending for the rest of my life. And I had no idea that this small moment in my life had affected me for so long. And it really exposed me and made me vulnerable to other things of this world that hurt me along the way too. And I think it's really important to, to kind of tap on here that shame in and of itself can unravel itself in the midst of small wounds and large wounds. But most of these wounds are wounds of rejection, where we feel rejected or, or betrayal. And so the Lord really struck me when he was asking me to be a part of this project. I was originally going to talk about how I was raped. And I thought that was absolutely what the Lord would want me to talk about. And he said, no, I want you to write about this because this was the beginning of your journey, not that. And I was like, man, how am I going to do this? How am I going to write about something so small when I've dealt with so many other larger things? And as I started to write out this story, God kind of started writing it for me. Mm. Because it really doesn't matter whether our shame was born in something huge, like a rape, or like a sexual abuse that had happened over years, or whether or not it happened from your cheerleading coach rejecting you in one moment. Shame unravels itself in everybody's story with a lot of, this, a lot of similar lies. Lies that say, what's your purpose? Or, you know, what are people gonna think of you now? Or you can't tell anybody who you really are because they're just gonna reject you, you're not good enough. And all of those lies compound and they just make it so our lives are empty inside. It could look like we have it all together on the outside, but the reality is until Jesus comes in and really heals those wounds for us, um, we're not going to experience genuine or authentic relationship with others or him. So I wanted people to really know what the result of coming to Jesus no matter what they looked like or felt like was going to was going to do for them and that's going to be full-blown healing 
I actually used in the back of the book or in the back of the chapter, Isaiah 1, 18 through 19. And it says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, that's a really important, important part in shame. We have to be willing and we have to be obedient. You shall eat the good of the land. See, it's through Jesus and only Jesus and us being willing to open ourselves back up to him after experience, experiencing shame and trauma and being obedient and coming to him and saying, I forgive this person. I forgive that cheerleading coach for doing what she did. And then saying, I repent for leaving that bus and trying to heal that wound on my own Lord. And it's actually pretty cool because the result of me doing that was I recognized that everything that I needed was already done for me. Jesus was the one who had already turned all of my shame into glory when he went to the cross. And if you read Revelation 22, 14, it says, blessed are those who wash their robes and that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. This is really cool because that land statement is a prophetic statement that is referring to the restored Eden that is, that is mentioned in Isaiah 1, 18 through 19. It's saying that our fulfillment and our purpose is completely restored when we enter into a deep connected relationship with the Lord again, when we eat of the fruit of his spirit. Adam and Eve originally ate of the fruit of the tree of life, and that bore them shame. When we wash those dirty robes with Jesus and we become white as snow, we're actually able to eat of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is what restores us. Mm. So I really wanted every single reader to connect with the, with the solution and their own wounds of rejection that have put the shame on them in their life in this chapter. Well, and that just the whole issue of rejection, whether it's a huge rejection or a small one, it wounds us. And the one thing the enemy wants is for us to not reach out for healing, not forgive that person, not share authentically with others when we're struggling and we're not sure why you know, and the rejection is such a big deal. Yes. Regardless of what the instance was that, that it came, that we experienced it. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people don't heal from shame because honestly, when you start to heal from it, it's like a secondary trauma you have to walk through. You have to resurface all of those things that ended up um, hurting you in the first place. And having to be vulnerable with the Lord goes against everything that you did to try and protect yourself after experiencing that wound of rejection. So that willingness that Isaiah 1, 18 through 19 is actually really important because it wipes away the pride that holds hands with shame. And it says, you have to be willing to come to the Lord completely beaten and, and downrodden and weak and let him heal you. You can't do that on your own. And I think so many of us try to on our own because actually allowing someone else to do it for us goes against everything that we tell ourselves we should be able to do. We tell ourselves, shame says, nope, don't be vulnerable. But Jesus says, 
No, that's your biggest strength. If you can actually be real with me and come to me and be genuine, that's going to be the beginning of your healing process. And then if you're obedient in doing what I've asked you to do, repenting of the things I ask you to, forgiving the people I ask you to, you will experience the healing that you desperately want. And that's what will walk you into freedom. That's what will walk you into the most authentic and genuine self that you can be and and into those relationships too. And that's what's going to give you something that where you can actually give that comfort that you've been given by Jesus to others for their, their shame, their rejection, their pain. Yeah, totally. And I think we're vessels, you know, this project is so special because it's really easy to write things when the Lord has given you the opportunity, right? When the Lord, when I look at the Lord or when I pray to the Lord and say, please use me, use my story at your own will, it's really important to recognize that there are specific people that are supposed to hear your story. And I believe that there are going to be specific women that need to hear each one of these chapters and it's going to speak to them into their own hearts specifically because we have all, all 25 chapters and all 25 different stories in this devotional are actually similar because Jesus is the restoring peace. And you can't make that up. Mm. When you allow yourself to be a vessel for him and allow him to speak through you, um, freedom comes. It, it's nothing that I've done. I'm not a great writer. I'm not a great, you know, like there's nothing in me that's great except for him. And that's what makes these stories so powerful is that these women, these women are strong and brave because they've humbly come before him and, um, and let him use their stories for the benefit of, of his good and his kingdom. Amen. And so often, you know, those of us who have gone through different traumas and some larger than others, but as we've gone through them and as God has helped us process that pain and come in and met us in those places of devastation, that's what's so I mean, I love to watch him use those kinds of stories and the way he will take that story and work good out of it. Who could have even guessed that there would be good that could come from it? But he works that and it just is such an encouragement to see it not only in our own lives, but how that speaks to others. Well, and I just love how God has done that with each different story, how he has allowed the humility, the authenticity, the transparency of sharing those struggles, but also showing God's faithfulness in bringing something good out of something that so devastated us in different ways. So, oh, yeah to share a story that seemed insignificant, but really to God, it wasn't insignificant at all. I mean, it was really pivotal in the beginning of the healing process to be able to truly learn how to hear his voice in prayer. I mean, I think for so many people, we go to the word and we learn a lot about his character, but combining the Holy Spirit in prayer and opening yourself up to utilizing the Holy, the Holy Spirit and the word of God as it should be used, the living, breathing word, 
that will speak directly into your life makes a world of difference in the healing process. Because if it wasn't for me opening myself up to the Holy Spirit speaking, I would have never known that this one seemingly insignificant story had impacted my whole entire life. And mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't, I saw dramatic shifts and change in my, in my present life. After I had forgiven that cheerleading coach and after I had repented of reacting in anger, I had no idea how the anger that I felt against her was still impacting my life. Even 20 years later, the root of my anger, one of the, one of the roots was ingrained in such an insignificant moment that without the Holy Spirit revealing it, I'd still be walking with that anger, not knowing what, not knowing where it came from or how to solve it. There's no counselor that could have counseled me through that. There's no friend that could have supported me. There's no pastor that could have, that could have given me that. It was only through Jesus and the utilization of the Holy Spirit that I was able to come to that conclusion and move forward in freedom from that. Mm, that is powerful. Okay, so let's wrap this up. I would love for um, any of the ladies that are listening that are resonating with what you've just shared, if they want to reach out to you online, uh, on social media, where's the best place for them to find you? Instagram girl. That's where I hover. That's my sweet spot. If you find, if you look for at, and then my initials in for Nikki L as in Lee, and then God soul, that's where I am. And I share a lot about, um, healing and Jesus. And I just share my journey. I, I pride myself on being very open and raw. So that's where you can learn more about me and my journey of faith. Wonderful. Well, it's been an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for taking some time away from your family to share a few minutes with us on the podcast today. It was an honor. Thank you so much for the privilege of coming on, Athena. You bet. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful, or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as, you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week.